you brought your Bible with you today, let's go to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 11, Luke, Luke, the 11th chapter. Father, thank you for your goodness today. May the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. May each one be filled with the knowledge of your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 11, verse 9, it reads, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Praise the Lord. And so... We can see from the Word of God and from the teachings of Jesus that these are not maybe statements. These are not hope it might work statements. These are absolutes. These are things that work every single time. And our primary emphasis is on the center part of this passage, and that is seek and you will find. That's a guarantee from God. He created us that way. It's His promise to us that if we go after something, we will get it. Isn't that good news? Well, it's good news if you're seeking the right thing. And and, and so we've been talking about desire. We've been talking about governing and controlling and monitoring the desires of our hearts because they will ultimately drive us to seek after various things in life. If they're good, if they're right, if they're helpful, if they're of God, bring it. Because it'll be a blessing to us. It'll be a blessing through us. It'll help many people all around. But if they're the wrong thing, it'll destroy you. It'll destroy someone else. And so we've got to guard our hearts as far as what our desires are, what we're pursuing, what we're looking after in our lives. Now, if a person wants something enough, basically they're going to find a way to get it. Has that ever, ever been the case with you? I know my wife used to say about me years ago that if I ever decide what I, that I'm really going to get something, I just go get it. <laughs> Doesn't matter how much it costs. <laughs> not that I'm reckless, and she wouldn't say that, but at least not publicly. Um, or privately, thank you. <laughs> but uh, well, I, once I set my heart on, I'm going to get something, I'm going to do something, game over, there's going to be a way to get it. <laughs> there's going to be a way to make this thing happen. That's just, just the way it's going to be. And, uh, and how many know that's really true with all of us? If you get hungry enough, you're going to eat. Isn't that right? I mean, there are certain foods that I don't like to eat. Some of you are aware of them. Thank you for not serving them to me. Uh, but but it, there are certain foods that I, I just... They, I have that gag reflex, you know. I, I thought that was only for kids, but it works with me too. Um, but how many know if I get hungry enough, I mean, if I really got hungry enough, I would probably eat all those things I hate. <laughs> I would probably eat those things that, that gag me now because, you know, when you hear about people starving in places and putting dirt in their stomach, <laughs> you know, putting whatever they can to alleviate that, that, that pain, you realize hunger can be a very powerful thing. And if I, can, if I can govern my hunger, my desire, and make sure I set it on the right things, man, I'm going to get it. Uh, and I'm gonna, I wanna, want that hunger and that desire to be strong in my life. What is on the inside of us will eventually show on the outside. Do we know that that's a kingdom principle? Uh, it, it just, it's just a matter of time. I, I've learned this even at my own house, looking at looking at the the flower beds and stuff in, in, in the backyard, that if I can see a weed from the house, I mean, and it's not really very far, but if I can see a weed going up, I know I'm too late. 
Because once I get out there and look down, they're going to be all over the place. When I look out there and I see no weeds, I think, okay, time to get out there. But once I see them start poking up, I know there's a lot more than I think there are. Okay, it's true in our lives. When we start seeing things manifest, there's a lot more going on under the surface, and that's just starting to come up. I, I, I remember hearing a guy years ago. He was he was talking about health. He was talking about the um, uh, how your body reacts to certain things, and uh, uh, basically was talking about how your body can be alkaline or acidic maybe some of you know about some of those things and 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 he was encouraging everyone to to uh to spit on these little strips you know a little sample and if it turns purple then you're good and if it's like yellow uh his word was this if it's if it's yellow he said there's already a disease in your body I thought, oh, that's interesting. Even if they didn't know it, if they didn't feel it, or if they didn't have it, they said, because your body, you know, and I'm not saying these things are, I'm obviously not an expert in that field, but uh, he said, your body is in a condition where it's fostering the growth of bad things, if you're acidic or something like that. And I thought, that's interesting. That's really kind of very true. Like the weeds, like the, the Word of God, when something is on the inside of you, it's only a matter of time until it gets on the outside. And if you don't want it to show up on the outside, get it out of the inside. Get it out of your heart. Get it out of your focus and your attention. But the moment, the, the moment you let something start to grow and build and develop until you have a strong desire, you'll seek after it. And according to the words of Jesus, you'll get it. All right? So what do you want in life? This is really important. Where do you look? And I kind of finished this a, on this a couple weeks ago. But where do you look when you need uh, help? When you, have tr- when you have struggle, when you have lack, uh, where do you look if you need healing? Where do you look if you need money? Where do you look if you need emotional comfort? Where do you look if, if, if you need acceptance, love, if you need strength, if you, uh, if you need something in your life? Uh, the tendency is for people to gravitate towards a natural source of their, uh, of their need being met. The tendency is to, who here can help me? What person can give me what I need? And I want to tell you, for the believer now, for the child of God who knows that God is all in all, that He's all-powerful, that He's all-knowing, that He is love personified, uh, for the person who knows that, that is an offense to Him. When you have need and continually look to natural sources to meet that need. Is that kind of a strong statement? Everybody got real quiet right there. But listen, there is a better way for us to live, to have a relationship with God and to walk with Him. And it is recognizing and relying upon His ability to work through us. His grace is everywhere. His grace is available at all times, 24-7 for every one of us. And for us to ignore that is quite... um, troublesome i believe now if you would look at, look with me at second chronicles left turn from where you're at old testament find the psalms keep going left second chronicles the 16th chapter i just want to pull a couple verses out of this particular chapter but this this uh passage is is about a king a king of israel many years ago named asa he was a good guy, he was a good king, he was a godly man who followed after the ways of God, who sought the Lord. But there were some things that happened towards the end of his life where he got off track a little bit. And I don't mean that he renounced the Lord, I don't mean that he backslid and just got away from God in that regard. But there were some things that cost him. 
And it's exactly what we're talking about here today. Second Chronicles 16 and verse 7, it reads, And at that time, Hanani the seer, a seer was a, a prophet, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. In other words, he lost out on this victory for one reason. Not because, you know, there were a bunch of problems, in his, a bunch of other issues in his life that, that, that he needed to deal with, but simply because he relied on the king of Syria instead of God. Could it be that I suffer trouble and problems in my life only be, not because I'm just a horrible person or God's got some mysterious goofy plan for my life and it involves my suffering. No, only because when I'm faced with opposition, when I'm faced with obstacle, I look to man, I look to a natural solution instead of him. And we are supposed to know better. We are supposed to know that we go immediately to Him. The Lord is where our help comes from. I'm not, you know, ignoring the reality that God will use people at times to minister to us. He's used a lot of people to help me through my life. To speak words of wisdom, to help with resources, to just uh, people have prayed for me. I don't discount any of that. But my intention shouldn't be, I'm going to them for help. I have a need, I'm going to that person. No, for those who know him now, immediately we look to him. That honors him, it shows him respect, it shows that we believe that he can, that he is willing, that he truly is who he said he is and will do what he said he would do. Okay? If you look down at the, the 12th verse, chapter 16 and verse 12, it reads, and in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. What did he do? He had a big problems in his feet, and he didn't seek the Lord, but he did seek the physicians. It's very interesting how this is such a negative in the Scripture. And if you read the next verse, he died. Not that he died the next minute, but you can see he, he died as a result of that. Someone said, well, you've got to be safe and get down to the hospital. No, you've got to be safe and trust God. This is not a statement that says hospitals are evil or doctors are... They're, they're trying to help people. That's not what this is saying. That's not what we're saying. But there's a problem here with his, with his relationship with God. That when he got into trouble, he did not seek God. He immediately sought the hand of man. He sought help from a natural source. And we can see the scripture says, because of that, he died. I think that's a powerful statement. He didn't say, well, because medicine hadn't advanced far enough um, and they weren't able to accurately, you know, and effectively deal with diseased feet, he died. 
No, the revelation of God here is his problem went from bad to worse directly because of his absence of seeking God in the middle of his problem. Amen. See, it's always been the Lord's plan that we set our heart and mind on him and that we go to him for answers. We go to him for help. We go to him for direction. Again, we're not against the, the other in, 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 its, in its essence. But how many people, in, how many Christians now, I know people in the world don't know better, but how many believers will pay gazillions of dollars, spend hours and hours and hours sitting in waiting rooms and all kinds of things, looking for the help of man, and yet their prayer is maybe a whole 30 seconds or not at all. They, don't, they just don't value what God can do in their life. And because of that, they're keeping his ability away from them. I, I remember uh, quite a few years ago, I was at this camp, this youth camp, summer camp for, you know, for kids for, um, it's a church camp, like what we do, that, that kind of stuff. And I was out there one day, and they were, they were by a lake, and they were on a dock, and, and kids were playing and jumping and in the water and boats and all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, one of the kids got, got injured, twisted an ankle, something along those lines, twisted an ankle. And, and I knew the people who were in charge and, and leaders of this uh, particular camp. But I was standing back on the beach off the dock and it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't right there but I could see what was going on that they got hurt and this person got hurt and people were kind to this kid and they immediately went over there and they're trying to help and they're, they're, but they're making plans from the very first moment to get that kid to the hospital get the kid, you know, in case something's broken you know, people live in fear of the worst and, uh, some did, and they're all doing this stuff and let's get this person over to the hospital I sat Literally, I mean, I wasn't, I probably told my wife if she was there, but I wasn't telling other people. But I was on fire on the inside. I was not happy with what they were doing. Why? Because these are people, this is not just the world who doesn't know better. That's, that's the way. That, these are people who say, I believe in God, that he's strong, he's mighty, he's omnipotent, he's love. They believe in healing, that he, Jesus is the healer, that he took stripes upon his back that we might be healed. If you questioned them upon, upon any of those doctrinal foundations, they would have said, yeah, I believe that. But yet the reality is they didn't believe any of it. They say they believe it. They say they believe in God. They say that He's strong. They say that He loves them. But when something happens in their life, they don't. They act like He's not even real. They act like He's not even there. I thought, man, get your hands over there and put your hands on that child's leg and speak life into it. Otherwise, stop saying that you believe that. Now I realize this is strong for some of you. <laughs> but really, what, what do we really believe? If we don't believe it, not fine. Believe what you believe. But to say one thing and then act a completely different way dishonors God. And people say, oh, I'm just praying for a move of God. Man, if you see someone in trouble, go move. I mean, God's in you. That's a move of God. If you go pray for him, if you go minister to him, that's a move of God right there. Hallelujah. Let me read a few scriptures to you. You don't need to take time to turn to these. You can jot them down in your notes if you'd like. Isaiah 31 and verse 1. It reads this way. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. Now, I realize we're not going to Egypt for help. Anyone going to Egypt for help? And uh, Just substitute something that may be applicable in your life today. But, but notice the language. Woe to those. Woe to those. 
who go down to Egypt for help, and rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. What's the word to those folks? Whoa. Say it with me. Whoa. Second Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 14 speaks about a guy named Rehoboam. He was a king of Israel. It said, and he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Why did he do evil? Because he didn't prepare his heart to seek the Lord. See, God wants you to find Him. He wants me to be acquainted with Him in all of His love and mercy and wisdom. Yes, in how I live, but His grace and power to me. He wants to give it to me. I think it's kind of annoying when I don't look to Him for it. When He says, I've given you everything. It's the Father's good pleasure, Jesus said, to give you the kingdom. And yet we don't look to Him for it. We We don't take Him up on it. But he did evil because he didn't prepare his heart to seek the Lord. The Amplified Bible reads of that 14th verse, And he did evil because he did not set his heart to seek, inquire, yearn for the Lord with all his desire. Really, what we set our heart on, what we seek after, is going to determine in our lives whether we're receiving good things from him or not. Psalm 34 and verse 10 reads, The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Praise the Lord. Can you take that promise for yourself? Have you set your heart heart and mind on Him? If you have, then you should say of yourself, I never lack for any good thing. I've set my mind on the Lord and He takes care of everything. I'm always, I'm good to go. Everything's going to be all right. Someone said, but I heard you lost this, or I heard there's a decline in your, your, your sector of the economy. And I'm good, I'm good, I've set my heart on the Lord, and I will not lack any good thing. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 28 and verse 5 reads, Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all. Praise God. Now, now go with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke the 12th chapter. Jesus taught us over here concerning how we should live our lives in relationship to the things that we need, the things that we want, and how that stacks up in comparison to our relationship with God. In Luke, the 12th chapter, notice with me, in, beginning in verse 22, 12:22. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Now, is that possible, or is that just pie in the sky? Well, I mean, everybody worries. I mean, you can't help but worry. I mean, that's just part of life. Everyone's got to do some worrying. Well, well, Jesus apparently didn't know that. And uh, he had the goal, the audacity, to tell us, do not worry about your life. Do not. Is that possible for you? I mean, every day of your life to never, ever 
worry about anything. Doesn't that almost sounds like a vacation, doesn't it? <laughs> Apparently, we're supposed to live there. Say, well, I understand if I was on the beach and I was kicking back in Hawaii, you know, drinking my hand and uh, cool water going through through my toes and uh, no worries. No, 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 no. He didn't say when you're on vacation that you shouldn't worry. He basically said it this way, I'll paraphrase, don't ever worry about anything. In fact, we could show you scriptures that say exactly that. But uh, don't ever worry about anything. Don't have anxiety about anything in life. Now, we all have opportunity, don't we? I've had plenty of opportunity to have anxiety, have worry. But the word of the Lord is still true. I don't have to. I don't have to ever worry about anything, and neither do you. Well, you don't know my situation. I know, but I know the Lord, the Lord's Word. I know the Word of God, and He's right. So I can make a choice. I can choose every single day of my life, no matter what is thrown against me, to say, it's all good. I'm not going to worry about it. So, well, don't you care? No, not at all. El Zippo. Zero, I do not care. Nada. Amen for my bilingual friends. I slip into other languages from time to time. We? (laughs) The Lord said, do not worry. Don't worry about it. Say it out loud with me. I don't have to worry about my life. Ever. All right. As long as we know, we're settled that this is a real possibility. This is not just a theory. If I'm worrying, I chose to. If I'm worrying, I have taken my mind and allowed it to be set on things that cause question, that cause worry to come. But just like I've done that, I can seek the Lord and rest and relax in Him. He went on to say, life is more than food. The body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, uh, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Isn't that a good word? Say Say it out loud with me. I am more valuable than birds. Amen. That that includes humpback whales. That includes spotted owls. That includes all the animals. Amen. We, we love the animals. I, we have a, a, a small one in our home. He's a chihuahua. We love animals. I grew up with cows. Uh, I mean, not in the corral with them, but uh, I grew up with them. Had a horse at one time. He died, but... Uh, had dogs and cats. I love animals. But you are of much greater value to the Lord than an animal. Amen. You are of much greater value than anything. And the point is here is God takes care of the birds. You think he's going to leave you out in the cold? Think he's going to let you starve? This is the logic the Lord is using. Like, dude, chill. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be all right. It's going to be fine. He said... Verse 25, and which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? You can't. And if you are not able to do that, (laughs) you can't even worry yourself up. 
not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, of how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Now notice what Jesus calls little faith. Do you know what little faith is? It's worrying. Worrying. Well, I have faith, but I just worry sometimes. No, those are contradictory statements. You cannot be in faith and in worry at the same time. If you're worrying about it, if you're stressing about it, if you're growing extra gray hairs about it, if you're whatever, you got something going on in your, then that's a, that should be a direct indication that you're not believing God. Doesn't mean that you can't, but it would be appropriate to immediately repent. Say, Lord, I'm turning from this. I've been carrying this load. I've been trying to do this myself. I've been worrying about it. And I know I shouldn't be. You are bigger than this. You are stronger than this. You are more powerful than anything that can come against me. And you love me. So I cast all of this care. I roll it over on you. You care for me. And I'm going to relax. I'm going to smile. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to pray for some other people and see what I can do to help them. Come on now, that's a life of faith. If When we're worried about it, he says, little bitty faith. Mm. Little faith, that's you, little faith. That's a low blow, isn't it? Oh, you of little faith. And then he went on to say, verse 29, And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink or have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you need these things. Now, what's he contrasting here? He said, that's how the world acts. That's how the world lives their lives. They are stressed out and they're fussing over everything. And they're just concerned. They live with an anxious mind. Why should you be that way? Amen. When we have our desire on him and we seek him if, if we're doing it correctly, if we're seeking Him according to knowledge, in other words, it's not based on some religious foundation that you never know what God's going to do. And sometimes He might kill your cat and He might, he might blow your house up and, and it's all in His perfect plan. Ah! See, you, you seek Him and you're going to also worry, by the way, that person. But if, you're, if your knowledge of God is based upon the revelation of Jesus and His love for people, His love for us, His provision, then you can seek Him and rest. The world, those who don't know Him, well, they should pull out their hair. Man, if you don't know Him yet, you should be worried, serious. It's not good. Huh? And I can't make any promises concerning our, the future of our country or of our world. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of turmoil out there. I can't guarantee things are going to get better in the natural. But I can tell you this. If you'll know Him, He'll take care of you. He'll watch over you. And He'll protect you from harm. And He'll provide your every need. And He'll get you a job. And He'll get you money in the bank. And He'll take care of your, your physical health. And, and take care of your relationship. He's got, he is the answer. And when we know, again, His power, His love, His ability, and how He wants us to look to Him, that's the only time we can really rest. Thank you, Lord. But all these things the nations of the world seek after. Say, 
am I understanding you right? Because I thought you believed in abundance and God's provision and, and, and that he takes care of us in abundance and likes to bless us with good things. And of course that's true. We could throw, show you scriptures all day long and all week long and probably the whole month long uh, uh, over and over again that that's the case. But God's plan is not telling us not to enjoy his blessings. He's just saying don't seek after them. Don't set your, your heart on them. Don't make that the object of your desire. That's how the world operates. They're freaking out. They've got to get a little bit more. They've got to get these things secured and everything's got to be handled. They, they set their mind on the wrong thing and therefore have anxiety galore. But you don't do it. But you set your heart on Him Seek the Lord and watch Him bring everything to pass in your life. Watch Him bring to pass what your heart desires. Watch Him bring the provision that you need and that you so desperately want. Praise the Lord. Verse 30, for all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. It's not saying those things are irrelevant or unnecessary. He knows. Verse 31, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. What are we to seek? Kingdom of God. Let's not be like Asa in his day, in his his last days where he wouldn't seek God anymore when he got into trouble. Even though God had come through for him so many times before, he would seek man. He would look to natural natural help. Now, he said it needed to set his heart on on the Lord. All these things will be added. It's interesting that there are some desires that are fulfilled by subordinating them to other desires. It's interesting that there are some things that we get by seeking other things. Yes, if I set my mind and my heart completely on something natural of this world, I'm still going to get it. It's built into us who we are. That's how it works. But it's not necessarily, in fact, emphatically, it's not the way that we are to go about it. The Lord said clearly, no, you want that? He didn't say I shouldn't want that. But he said I should seek him and he'll give me that. So you can seek that and get the that without the Lord or you can seek the Lord and get his presence, a relationship with him that'll blow you away so wonderful and then he gives you the that. And you didn't worry about it. You just received it. I'll tell you what, this, is, this sounds almost too easy, too, too good to be true, but it is God's plan. Man, chill and set your heart on Him and watch His plan come to pass in your life. We are not to seek material things. We are to seek God and enjoy the material blessings that He brings. Let me give you a verse. You don't need to turn there. Psalm 62.10 reads, Do not trust in oppression nor vainly hope in robbery if riches increase do not set your heart on them. Do what? Just don't set your heart on them. He didn't say, get rid of them. They're evil. They're bad. No. He said, just don't set your heart on them. Just don't let them consume your life. That Make sure you still keep your confidence and trust in the Lord. Because guaranteed, no matter how much someone has, there is still something else in this life that can cause them trouble. There is still something else that can take them out, that can destroy their life. But when we seek the Lord, again, we got scripture on it that says, we will not lack for any good thing. Amen. Now, in closing here and finishing up today, 
you all remember this verse. It's Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He, what? That He is and, not just that, I believe in God, period. (laughs) No, it said and. And is a very important word. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek rewards. Huh? Right? Yeah. Seek the stuff, man. Go for the rewards. And God will bless you. No, no. That's never been his plan. It's always been first and foremost. He wants to know you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to make your life so good from the inside out. Not the outside in. That just doesn't cut it. But he will reward those who diligently seek him. Have you set your heart on him? Have you set your mind on him? Then he's rewarding you. And watch, watch. Even as you do it right now, it's coming to pass. What's happening? Rewards are coming to pass. The moment we take our mind off the rewards and say, "Ah, God's got me covered. I'm good to go. He's taken care of me. Now he's able to do things easily, quickly, powerfully. Many times what what stands between us and what we need in life is us and our fixation on that thing, on that need, on that problem. We're so caught up with that. If you could for a moment, preferably like for a long time, but if you could for a moment... Be distracted away from a problem. Be distracted away from a natural thing that you want. Be distracted by God. Where, hey, just for a moment there, I forgot about everything. I forgot about that person who's doing this. I forgot about this bill. I forgot about this need or this pain. Or I just was in that place with Him. I can identify times in my life where I was so completely focused on the Lord. I mean, pure, unhindered focus on the Lord. And it was the most amazing experience that I've ever had. Better than cheesecake, better than, uh, you know, better than any natural experience, just completely set on Him. And I saw and thought of and was aware of nothing else in this world. And it is glorious. Amazing. It's the purity of who God is. He's love, He's power, He's wisdom, He's light, He's fullness. And in that place, everything else is easy. Everything else that we deal with in life, man, it's just so minute. It's just so, it has no influence in my heart and in my life. And God's grace goes and begins to manifest everywhere. And there is no limitation. There is no thing that is too far away. There is no crack too deep. There is, there is nothing that can escape where God can get if we'll seek Him and only Him. Amen. Praise God.